Welcome to your new life blend. I'm your host, Shoshana Hecht, and today I'm so excited to welcome entrepreneur, investor, author, and CEO, Hitha Balabu. The consummate multi-hyphenate, Hitha is all about designing a life with intention and on her terms. If you follow Hitha for any length of time, like I have, you see how evident this is and how she unapologetically shares what she loves, what she's reading, and what she doesn't want us to miss. If you're not following her daily five smart reads article recommendations, they are great. And I personally love the ways in which she shares how she takes care of herself and is wonderfully vulnerable through it all about what's going great, what isn't, and how she's handling it. I'm excited to talk to Hitha about all the things, and especially how she works to manage the blend of it all. Welcome to the show, Hitha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm thrilled you're here. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. You may have one of the most varied bios we've had on the show, and that's saying a lot. I mentioned you're a CEO, but you're CEO of a pharmaceutical company. Your degrees are in science and public health. You're a sought-after expert on how to pack so much that you've written a book on the subject. Your next book was about Vice President Kamala Harris. And I regularly throw money at whatever, I don't know, clothing item, face cream, <laughs> home decor. <laughs> how do all these identities work together? I think it all starts when I was a kid. And whenever I would say, Mommy, when I grow up, I want to be... Listen, when I said doctor, she was very thrilled and she never followed it up with Anne. But when it was fashion designer, pop star, lawyer, boss lady, which I think I just meant I got to wear really cool suits and sit in a corner office like as an eight year old, I didn't know what that meant. She then always followed up with and a doctor and a doctor. So I think that and was really instrumental in all the things and the blend that I have created for my career because I don't think it was very common as a kid to be told you could be many things. You could be them at the same time. She also followed it up with, you're going to have to work very, very hard and these are not easy goals, but I believe in you. And there are other things that my mother did that I credit to parts of my career. Without fail as a kid, every summer, she made me write like a page every day and she told me, you could just write, I don't like mommy and list all the reasons you don't like me in that moment, but you're going to get in a habit of writing. Mm. You are going to get in a habit of doing those workbooks for the grade I was going into to not lose any of those things. As a child, I resented it. As a parent, I am shamelessly copying everything she did because she was right about everything. So really that blend of giving me permission to think and dream big, but then also building the foundation of self-discipline and preparation and hard work and organization. Those two elements of my upbringing are very much the reason I have this blended career. That's amazing. I love that. All the ways in which we're like, I'll never do what they did. <laughs> and then we're like, Oh, that was clever. We try and go about it, I think, a little differently. But yep. yeah, there is a lot of wisdom we learn from what worked for us that we carry forward. And it's really interesting to me. That's such a gift that your mom gave you because the and, that and, mm -hmm. because the world tries to put, I think, people, women especially, into boxes, right? And especially once you become a wife or a mom or whatever, right? We're meant to be like sort of a thing. What a defining gift. Right. I'm very grateful for it. I try not to tell my kids, ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? But 
when we do have that conversation, Ro just rattles off five things without mm. even a question in his mind because he goes, mommy, you do all the things. I want to do all the things. And I'm like, correct. How are we going to do it? He has very grand ambitions of actually bringing dinosaurs. <laughs> He's watched Jurassic Park and Jurassic World a little too many times, but he also wants to be an author himself mm. and an actor and filmmaker. And I have no doubt that this kid will do all of the things. I have Except no for doubt. hopefully not the dinosaurs, because that is terrifying. I feel concerned about that one. I do. I feel concerned about that one. That was Ro. Who That's who Ro. That. Yeah. I, thank you, Ro, for teeing up the question of the how, because I'm interested in how you stay focused on what matters most, because you have a very diverse range of interest. And then the world is beautiful, right? And there's so many things that can pull our attention. And so I'm curious, like, how you stay in your zone of genius, you stay in your lane of what it is you're trying to uplift and put out there and focus on. And also, and then, of course, how will you get it done? Yeah. The how you design, how you stay in your bone blend and prioritize. It's a very good question. And it's a very big question. Mm. But I think it really comes down to something I really connected the dots on very recently which is boundaries beget focus. If you don't have the space in your life to be able to process and reflect and do, then there's no way you can do it all. And boundaries, unfortunately, require a certain level of privilege, either in financial security that you can offload tasks that need to get done that you don't directly want to do or have to do, and the privilege of flexibility and being able to work at a company that prioritizes everyone having an integrated and full life work is a part of it. And that gives everyone the opportunity to work on their terms and connect when we need to. I think it is sad that choosing, being able to choose all the things you want to do is a deeply privileged thing. Mm -hmm. So I first off want to just say I have a lot of privilege that I have been born into and bestowed upon by my parents, both as their child and then in my professional career in pharmaceuticals in working with my father, which is why I'm always very careful to say, I run a pharmaceutical company with my father and to be disclosed the level of privilege that does come with that, that if you work for an outside company and certainly a large company that is rushing people back to the office, that privilege doesn't exist. It should, but it doesn't. And that is a whole other loaded topic. So I have the privilege to be able to establish boundaries, to modify said boundaries, and to be able to prioritize. I'm not doing any of these things all at the same time. Right now is a chapter where my pharmaceutical career is the number one, two, three priority. With Five Smart Reads, I have an incredible lead who manages our teams of contributors and lines up incredible contributor submissions and handles all the admin for that, which saves me a great deal amount of time. I could not do what I do without Tabor. On content sponsorships, I have a wonderful manager who also handles my speaking gigs. Right now, it's a slower time for me by design because I don't have that creative bandwidth and energy to produce, I think, stellar sponsored content. And I would rather the content that I produce right now is I'm focused on the frequency and the consistency with that and not necessarily what am I selling in this moment. And last year being a huge revenue year for sponsorships, it felt very weird to take a step back and to say, this is not the year for that. And that's okay. And to really work with just a handful and know that that's not going to blow out that number, but bringing it down to a break-even level. And I think the last thing is there are chapters in your life that are, some are for seasons of planting seeds. 
seasons to tending to a growing garden and seasons of bloom. And right now I am in a planting seed phase after tending and dealing with the blooming garden that was overflowing, which was very much last year. And I have to say it's weird and I haven't mastered it. Mm. And I have been talking with my therapist a lot about pausing. It's not my natural inclination. I think like a lot of women and especially women of color in this country, you have this sense of urgency that you have to say yes to everything because if you don't, will someone like me get an opportunity like this down the line? And if I say no to this, am I ever going to be invited to do this, something like that again? That was a big thing I had to unlearn. And that's also a big thing about boundaries Mm -hmm. is this is the first time I'm really prioritizing what my boundaries are and strengthening and fortifying them in a way I hadn't in the past. Beautiful. There's so many things you said in there that just I was like fist pumping, taking some notes. Thank you for naming the privilege side of it. I appreciate that. I think that's really important and impactful and relevant. And that with boundaries comes like a lot of privilege. Like we all have the ability to set boundaries in our way and at and what's available to us, but the ability to have your own, design your own work and when you wear and when and all that does come with a certain kind of positioning that you're mm-hmm. speaking to. My whole thing about the blend of a life is exactly what you're talking about, the seasons, right? And how we embrace phases, even if it's not what we expected or not what we wanted or would pick, but it's how we look at what we put on our plate because that's how I look at it, right? How are you designing what is on your plate today? And how do you lean into that phase, which is really what I hear you're saying out of some necessity, right? Is what I hear rolled in there based on what's going on in your life. Yeah. There's a great story that I haven't really had a chance to tell yet. I flew into Austin to speak at South by Southwest. And the moment I landed and I was heading back to meet some friends for dinner and go to events and do the thing, my OBGYN calls me with results from my colposcopy. And she said, listen, like we have been monitoring your cervix for years now and these lesions are progressing. I don't think another leap is going to do it. I want to refer you to a specialist to talk about more decisive next steps. Now, everyone needs the kind of doctor that I have because she took the time to stay on the phone with me and to walk me through what my options were. And she goes, you'll talk about this with the specialist, but I think a hysterectomy is the best outcome for you. Mm. And I'm 38. Mm. Yes, I'm done having children, but it seemed like such an extreme measure for something that didn't seem like such a big deal at the time. And I'm grateful for her for telling me what my options were, why the options were best. But certainly I spent that night spiraling and Googling everything about hysterectomies and freaking out. Mm-hmm. As I was headed to the convention center to speak in a pretty packed room and then later on the main stage, the specialist office calls me and I looked up who the doctor was. It's scary to see an oncologist be that specialist. And I fully spiraled into thinking, oh, my God, I'm, that means I must have cancer, blah, 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 blah. I don't. Very grateful. I've had my biopsy and I have my hysterectomy, which will be laparoscopic and a lot quicker recovery and a lot less invasive, scheduled for June. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. Mm -hmm. That was such a moment of I'm about to do this big career milestone goal that I've always had for myself. And I'm spiraling and really considering This is the universe telling me to slow the F down Mm -hmm. and you need to pause. Mm -hmm. Mentally, I was not in a great place from that moment on till it's taken me 
two and a half months to really process, to give myself space to not be okay for a period of time, to know that one of my parents is also going through their own diagnosis and their own health management that's taken some work on my end, and it's privileged to do so, and I'm grateful for it. But again, when I talk about the privilege, I have the privilege to offload stuff that needs to get offloaded to my incredible team at my multiple jobs, to my home team that helps me manage my home, to my husband, who is a very engaged partner, and to benefit from friends of other, my mom friends and my parent friends at my kids' schools who keep me in the loop when I am not mentally there. And so this concept of seasons is something I had categorically rejected and mm-hmm. thought I always had to be excelling and achieving. And I feel like I look back on like my calendar and thinking back on it, this is the first time I'm planning any sense of break mm-hmm. since I graduated from college and before I started my first job. And as my therapist and friends have reminded me, Surgery recovery is not a break. It's recovery. (laughs) What is the break you're planning for yourself after you are recovered, which is taking the summer to give myself time to fully focus on Roshan Pharma, but to really largely offload everything else to my teams. And that also Mm -hmm. means the speaking engagement I did accept for July is like this incredible restful motherhood retreat, which I'm like, that sounds perfect. Uh Very much looking forward to that. Spending three weeks in Vancouver with family, but then taking the kids around and exploring this beautiful city together. And then being very mindful that when we return home and school starts again and all of these things, that I don't overdo it the way I did last year with Diwali season and fall events and everything and trying to be very mindful of what are the things I actually will say yes to and how will I maintain certain boundaries in the fall to start tending to a garden that are starting to bloom a bit. When you said it is what it is, in my head I went... That is a human who has done some deep work on processing this unexpected journey, right? It's a good thing we're recording this now because if we had recorded this a month ago, I would forget about it. I I literally was like, oh, good job. You've done some really good, thoughtful, deep work there to get to that. And I think it's important to name that because things are hard and then they're hard and Mm -hmm. we don't snap into, okay, I'm going to make it work. It's going to be okay. That is what it is. You know what I mean? That's the process, right? I think that's amazing and tough. I give you a lot of credit for being there. And it's, like I said, the unexpected journeys of our life, right? Which I think is what you're talking about. Your forward planning is how do you make space for taking care of yourself as who knows what unfolds for you and your parents, right? Parents, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's important. But I would like to hear from you about like how you're thinking of protecting your time and giving yourself boundaries. I think of it in like circles within circles Mm -hmm. is how I've reframed this for myself. And that inner circle is me Mm -hmm. because I am finally heeding what we have heard from everybody on you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to put your oxygen, all the cliches that are unfortunately maddeningly true, but mm-hmm. oftentimes don't have any tactics to help us actually implement them. I view this in, to me as two buckets, what I have to do to stay well and healthy and moving and what I want to do. So in that, what I have to do is the cliched, I drink my athletic greens every morning and not because I think it is a great supplement, but also supplements only supplement really good health habits. For me, it has helped me 
remind myself to eat a good breakfast and to make good nutritious decisions throughout the rest of the day. So that's kind of that linchpin habit for health. So that's what I do. I do meditate. I have rotated through every meditation app out there. I think they're great for different seasons or for different places. I think the Superhuman Meditations app is a great place if you are just starting on your mindfulness journey. They have walking meditations and chilling meditations and cleaning meditation. For me, that is an app that I gravitate towards that are my audiobook app. When I find myself scrolling and I'm like, hold up, why am I consuming this? Do I have a reason to be here? No, let me do this as a reset. There is a new morning meditation that I've only been practicing for about a week, but I think it has been amazing for me. And again, I think this is people who are a little bit more experienced with meditation could commit the 20 minutes, 23 minutes it is every morning, but it's Joe Dispenza's morning meditation. It is weird. You have to like visualize different parts of your body and then in the context of space. For my people who watch The Expanse, I think of the protomolecule nestling in my body in the different areas as he's asking you to visualize this. About halfway through, I start get the surge of energy and almost this buzzing feeling where then he asks you to like manifest and think about what it is you want to create for yourself. And it is very woo. And again, I said, this may not work for everybody. But I have found this to be such a grounding and motivating way to start my day that really does help me maintain focus and prioritize set boundaries for the rest of the day and make decisions that support them. That's kind of my me category. I do work out. Peloton app is what's working for me. I usually pick a song and search a specific song that I know is going to get me going or a genre that I really am grooving to right now. Big tropical house band right now. And I'll pick the workout that has a specific song or that playlist and say, that's what I'm going to do. And then I end up listening to that playlist for the rest of the day to maintain those good vibes and that great energy. I need to be better about sleep. I'm not right now. I will work on it. Maybe that'll <laughs> be part of the recovery, the one habit I really prioritize. So we'll keep you posted. And then there are the things I want to do. And you mentioned, I love my romance novels. I'm very unapologetic about loving them. I love crafting and have gotten back into needlepoint and crochet with some really easy to use kits. And I think when it comes to things I want to do, I will always read. Like reading is something I have to do every single day. So that is how I do prioritize that what I want to do time. I am deeply committed to and noncommittal to other hobbies because I don't beat myself up if I don't finish a needlepoint project in time. I don't beat myself up if I have to start a crochet project from the beginning. And I don't beat myself up if it's months from when I pick up a canvas or a project. It just is what it is. And so having that passionate, noncommittal relationship with these activities that are purely for my pleasure and nothing I ever plan to monetize, I think is very freeing. And it allows me to embrace that new mm. seasonal mentality. Nobody beats themselves up into finishing a needlepoint or anything into the life we want or habits yeah. we want. People think it works. It doesn't work. It never works, in my opinion. And you're talking a lot about what I have heard referred to as like habit stacking, right? If when you start with the X, it leads to the this and then it builds and then it becomes, sets you up this foundation for a great day. And I think of you as such a creative, right? You do contain multitudes, but one of them is like a real creative. And I think creatives can really feel like boundaries and structure are going to cut off my muse. But no, I actually think that structure creates the space for us to have access to all the things you're talking about that nourish us. Yeah, I think not committing to a specific routine is really important. 
And I think when you're feeling unaligned, it's usually one a sign of burnout. And in that sense, everything goes out the window. I might keep meditation just because otherwise I will lose my shit around everybody. But that's when I throw out how I've been planning and organizing my day, the kind of workouts I've been doing, the books I've been reading. And I'll go back and I'll reread old favorites that I know make me feel better. I will rewatch the shows that make me feel better. I will maybe pick up a craft again. Maybe I won't. But that's when I think it's important to recognize when things are no longer serving us or no longer feel aligned and to try something new, whether it's going back to something that worked for you in the past or trying something else that you've been meaning to but never got around to. And I don't think we talk enough about when we are in a burnout phase. There's a sense of pushing through it and you can't. You actually have to sit and process and recharge in order to get back into the routine that will serve you and maybe meet the new routine. I feel like that the pandemic really served that up, that lesson up to me over and over and over again, which was because before the pandemic, like you said, like I had like a 20 minute closed eye meditation, the pandemic rolled in and that was, there was no way. There was absolutely, it really went down to like three deep breaths, five things I was grateful for and an intention for the day. And it was a minute of what I could do to solidify a foundation to get through the day. I think that's a really important wisdom of things work and then they don't. And it's okay okay to mix it up. In fact, we must. And I want to take out the word guilty mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why a man can watch SportsCenter at the end of the day while sipping a beer and turning his brain off. And that is accepted as totally normal. Mm-hmm. But a woman watching reality television is somehow indulging in a guilty pleasure. One, reality television is the most fascinating socioeconomic experiment and sociological experiment we have ever ever had as a society. I have so many thoughts on Vanderpump. And things that bring you joy or help you find peace in the day should never be associated with being guilty in some way. These are really valuable practices and things we prioritize in our life to keep us centered and grounded. And yes, establish boundaries because you better believe I'm rejecting Wednesday night plans for a while so I can stay at home at nine o'clock, make myself go cheese balls, pour myself a mocktail and watch the insanity unfold on my television. Guilt is a total waste of time and energy completely on, on all levels. Not helpful, doesn't serve. We want the Vanderpump thoughts. Give us some Vanderpump okay. thoughts. I think this whole scandal is the first time you are seeing a woman's anger be celebrated and validated mm-hmm. in a way it never has before, mm-hmm. where the loud opinionated women who were right all this time are finally being told you were right. Mm-hmm. And that when men either sneakily or very obviously are behaving badly and treating people poorly, they're finally facing the consequences of their action. So basically, it is like a romance novel come to life in yep. that this is the world I want to live in where women get to be complicated and loud and messy and angry and have those things be celebrated and not in this sort of meek, submissive, appropriate archetype of women that has been normalized into our society but doesn't serve or reject us. It's this archetype to keep us small. It's shown that it can also, a lot of manipulation and a lot of poor behavior and wrong behavior can hide within this archetype 
that doesn't serve society at all and can be extremely harmful to all of us, but especially for other women. I don't know that I could even recap it or say it any better than you did. But what was going through my head was this idea of, yeah, we can be nasty and that's okay. Like it's all part of we can be angry and that's okay. And it's part of it. It's normal and should be allowed to breathe and have its space too. I think that's some of what you're saying. Exactly. Let's start putting people in boxes that only capture a snippet of who they are. These boxes are designed to keep us small. And instead, I'm all about the hyphens or the blend, as you say, because that is what life is about. And so, yeah, that's why me comes first is because I cannot be the entrepreneur or the leader or the author or the mother and wife and daughter and friend I want to be without being like, how am I doing? Am I okay? Are we good? How are those boundaries? Do we need to redraw them? Do we need to fortify them? What's going on? And I'm rejecting that this is somehow selfish on my part because it's not. You're expecting me as society to do more work for less pay and carry a mental and emotional load that I will say in my household, it really is very fair and it's quite balanced and I'm very lucky and I live the exception. But most of my peers and most of women in society do not. And so I really do feel like in the articles I share or the content create or the next books I'm going to write, I'm very mindful of that, of just knowing where my norm is not society's norm. And I know because I've learned this from you and just watching you and listening to what you say, you work at it. It's not magic. You work hard at this. It's a big priority. And I know it's a big priority for you and your beloved. And so you really do walk this talk. And I think that's really important. I could keep going forever and ever and ever. I want to just say, I love that we went there with the Vanderpump Rules. There's so many ways, like we could talk sports, we could talk anything, we could talk so many things. You're just so upfront about what you believe, your values, and you stand firm on that. Not to say that you don't apologize or walk it back when you maybe get it wrong or like feel like, you know, overspoke or misspoke. But, and I love that too. But I really do admire, and it's why I just keep coming back for more on the daily, because you're just really out there with what you believe and what you think and all the parts of it. And so I just want to say thank you for sharing like what's real and alive for you right now in your blend. Thank you. Thanks for being here. What, where can people connect and follow along? Give us the links. We'll put them in the show notes, but tell us what you want people to do to buy your beautiful book. So the best place to find me and connect with me is Instagram. I think it's that sad that I am more responsive on my Instagram DMs and my own texts and WhatsApp. So mm. that is the best place to connect. You can also sign up for Five Smart Reads at fivesmartreads.com. And that's the number five. And please sign up for the newsletter and engage on the platform there. I really enjoy it. And it is a privilege to not only bring those reads that I find important, but to learn from my incredible team on the things that they've identified and curated from the internet. It really is such a happy, smart place. So I hope you sign up and you can buy my books from your favorite independent bookseller. We're speaking Life Lessons of Kamala Harris and How to Pack Travel Smart for Any Trip. I can testify that it is a happy, uplifting and informative place on the internet. So I do recommend following along. And thanks again so much for being here. I could have chatted forever. And this has been your new life blend. I'm Shoshana Heck, your host, reminding you as ever to be gentle with yourself.